This is our second podcast on the cytoskeleton, and here we're going to talk about centrioles and the microtubular organizing center. Centrioles are, of course, the focal point of the microtubular organizing center, and these are paired cylinders. They sit at right angles to each other. They're close to the nucleus. They're generally partially surrounded by the Golgi, and they're associated with an amorphous pericentriolar material. Pericentriola material, of course, contain the gamma tubulins, the nucleation site for microtubules, plus several hundred associated proteins. And centrioles consist of nine microtubule triplets, so you'll often see them designated as nine plus zero. So there are nine outer triplets, but no central doublets. Centrioles are the region where most microtubules are formed. In an interphase cell, the centrioles control the number, polarity, direction, orientation, and organization of microtubules in cells that are undergoing division, either mitotic divisions or meiotic divisions. The duplicated microtubular organizing centers and the centrioles serve as the spindle poles. During interphase, the minus end of microtubules remains attached to the microtubular organizing center, and the microtubules of the cytoskeleton radiate out towards the periphery of the cell as the plus end grows towards the plasma membrane. Centrioles form the basal body, which is necessary for the assembly of cilia because the axoneme in cilia and flagella emanate from the centrioles, and centrioles determine the position of the mitotic and meiotic spindles. This cartoon just shows the structure of the microtubular organizing center. So note the pair of centrioles, and then this cloud of material is just meant to represent pericentriolar material, something like 200 different species of proteins associate here, but it's also showing just diagrammatically the rings of gamma tubulins, which serve as the nucleation site for the alpha and beta tubulin dimers, and these are growing out towards the cell periphery, so the plus end out here, the minus end attached in the microtubular organizing center. Now there is a protein that's called nucleus basal body connector. This protein has not been identified in humans, but it has been identified in other eukaryotic organisms, so we don't really understand its true function, but it may somehow anchor the microtubular organizing center to the nuclear envelope in an interphase cell. We just know from electron microscopy that in animal cells, and actually in all eukaryotic cells, the microtubular organizing center resides near the nucleus. As we've said, basal bodies form the microtubular organizing center for the tubules for the microtubular axoneme that would be in cilia. So a major function of the centrioles in interphase cells is the formation of basal bodies. And basal bodies can form de novo without contact of pre-existing centrioles. This would be the so-called acentriolar 
pathway, or basal bodies can form from the duplication of pre-existing centrioles, the so-called centriolar pathway. I don't care that you remember that. What I want you to understand, though, is that in any epithelium where you have a ciliated epithelium, at the base of every single cilium would be a centriole, the so-called basal body. The micrograph on the left shows epithelium from the respiratory tract, and you can see the cross-section of the cilia. I think you can appreciate the 9 plus 2 for the ciliary axoneme, so the 9 microtubule doublets around the periphery and the central pair of microtubules in the middle for the axoneme. Yet, if you look at the basal body, you don't see the central pair of microtubules, but I think you get a sense that there are 9 triplets around the perimeter of of the centriole. The asterisks here are just meant to highlight that there is no central doublet in the centriole or in the basal body. Here is the mitotic spindle, and remember the primary role of centrioles and the microtubular organizing center during the cell division cycle is to position the spindle apparatus. So here's the pair of centrioles, and we'll talk about this in much greater detail in a later podcast when we talk about the cell cycle. But you can see the various types of microtubules, the astral microtubules, the kinetochore microtubules, and the polar microtubules. Here's a very nice electric micrograph uh, showing the ultrastructure of the centrioles and look at this you can see the centrioles residing at right angles to each other and here the centriole pair has replicated so this is probably late in G2 before the mitotic spindle is assembling itself but I think you can actually count around if I leave my arrow here you can look at that and count that as one two three four five, six, seven, eight, nine triplets and no central doublet. This just shows the centrosome both at the light microscopic and electron microscopic level. Here the microtubules are stained with an antibody that's going to fluoresce back green and the microtubular organizing center is stained with an antibody that's going to fluoresce back yellow. Here at the electron microscopic level you might have a cut through this area. You can see one centriole like this and the other member of the pair here so they're lying at right angles to each other and the microtubules have just been colored red in the centrioles and then the individual microtubules emanating out from the microtubular organizing center have just been colored as yellow. There are a variety of genetic disorders that are called ciliopathies, and there's one in particular that's called primary ciliary dyskinesia or cartaginous syndrome. That's an immotile cilia syndrome, and it happens to be an autosomal recessive disorder. It occurs about once out of 20,000 births. There's a failure of the mucociliary transport system in the respiratory epithelium, so you're prone to respiratory infections. Males are sterile and females run risks of problems. The sperm, tail, flagella, axoneme is non-modal. Cilia and the efferent ductules of the testes are not functioning. There's a high risk of ectopic pregnancies because cilia of the oviduct are non-functioning. Some of these patients 
patients develop hydrocephalus because the cilia and the ependymal cells of the brain are not modal. And in about half of the patients, you see situs invertus because the primary cilium that functions early in embryonic development that moves some of the transcription factors to the right and left side of the embryo are also not functioning. So you get totally a flip of how the organs are supposed to be arranged. This primary ciliary dyskinesia, there's a lack of dynine on the microtubule doublets, and that's shown here. The lack of dynine means the microtubules can't move, so the cilia are immotile. Here's another example of invasive breast carcinoma. This is a ductal carcinoma, so there'd be carcinoma originating from the lactiferous ducts. Here, a histological image of the pathological profile. We look at these nuclei, are very unusual, they're large. What happens here is you can get multipolar spindles. There's something that breaks down in how the centrioles are going to divide, and in this case is an example of a tri polar spindle, so you're trying to pull the chromosomes to three different spindle poles, and you might imagine that's going to cause all kinds of problems for the normal epithelial cells in the breast.